this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another edition of the in focus podcast i am your host g sampath the delhi high court after hearing a case filed by the table tennis star manika batra has suspended the table tennis federation of india it has appointed a three member committee of administrators to run the show for the time being in the absence of a regular federation to administer the sport players who have several tournaments coming up in the in the coming months face an uncertain future the high court order has also put the spotlight on the mismanagement that seems to plague many of our sports federations so why did the table tennis federation get a suspension is conflict of interest endemic to sports federations in india and what is the likely effect of the high court order on other sports federations we look for some answers from rakesh rao deputy editor sports at the hindu rakesh thank you so much for joining us hello sampath thank you so much for having me on the show uh, rakesh to start with can you give us a quick uh, lowdown on what has actually uh, been the cause of the suspension of the table tennis federation of india uh, sure i think i think we should start from the very beginning how it all happened uh, see it all started with um, you know manika batra saying that she will not attend the national camps this was in september last year right that's right that's when she decided to uh, you know like go to court and stuff like that but prior to that you know what had happened was that uh, she has this habit of not coming for the national camps if it is for say 10 days she will come for maybe two days or three days and then she would leave on her own so there was this thing among the players that look you are treating her differently than you treat us differently because other players would say that look mandatorily we come because we respect the rules and we come and uh, the federation somehow has allowed her to get away with this she would come with a coach whether she does it or not now what happened that at one point they said enough is enough i mean you know in the background of what happened in the uh, tokyo tokyo games also but i'll come to that in a bit so the case started i mean she uh, she really uh, wanted to you know move the court and tell them that look i want to play in the asian championship they said for that you need to come to the camp so the camp was held at sonipat in uh, you know like, uh, that was uh, close to you know like new delhi she didn't attend that in continuance of her defiance so the federation decided that okay now we need to put an end to it they said you cannot be part of this because as per the rules of the sports authority of india and they quoted some rule from 2015 and told her that look uh, as per these rules uh, and as per the rules of the ttfi you cannot be part of the team because you did not attend the camp this is how it all started she went to the court saying that look ttfi should uh, include me in the team that is one of her three prayers initially one was that uh, uh, you know uh, i had complained to the ttfi that uh, during the asian qualifying for the olympic games this was held in doha in march i was pressurized to drop a match and uh, i wrote to the ttfi and they did not take any action this was one of her uh, prayers and the third one was that that these rules uh, need to be you know just expunged and i mean we don't want uh, i mean uh, these rules were only there just to uh, you know harass players like me this was a claim now in this background because this everything started and uh, with this uh, thing the case started 
and thereafter as it turned out that the court found that uh, her allegations that when she made the complaint that she was she was made to uh, you know uh, i mean there was uh, pressure on her to drop a match drop a match as in basically to lose uh, deliberately to lose a match to another indian and she and she claimed that it was it was done because the coach accompanying the team somyadeep roy uh, it was it was her trainee sutirtha against whom she had to play and uh, then she was uh, i mean she was under pressure so she went on to play but she says although she lost the match her her claim was that she didn't lose intentionally and she didn't drop the match but she lost eventually so this was her claim so the court after all the hearing and everything uh, it found that uh, her claim that uh, when she brought this to the notice of ttfi ttfi did not take any action they were convinced about this second when she accused her coach of the match fixing thing that also the coach i mean i mean the court saw that okay um, she had some substance there so uh, uh, so they have taken very strict action there however the court on the other hand a lot of things that manika did and didn't do the court did not take any cognizance of that as per the order so i don't know what was presented to the court because as we know there are a lot of facts floating around a lot of rumors floating around but the court goes by what is presented right in front of it i mean in terms of uh, you know the way it is presented how it is presented and so on and so forth i i'm i don't have complete uh, you know like knowledge of how it all unfolded but i'm going by the order and that order is pretty clear that the ttfi has to be banned because i mean it had to be suspended because it did not uh, you know it did not perform its duties um, as per the as per the norms laid down in the sports code and uh, this is as part of the court order so they found that i mean they didn't see that whether this girl was disciplined or not throughout what prompted the ttfi to take some of those actions there is no question of that they've all sided with manika batra and uh, ttfi is made to look all black and manika batra is made to look all white because the gray area has been ignored completely okay so you you are saying that there are certain things which manika batra uh, may or may not have done uh, which were not factored in into the court order because of uh, the way the whole thing was framed in the petition and so on so what actually happened uh, do you think what like what are the like things which which actually did happen according to you but which did not figure in the entire uh, decision making process of the judiciary yeah see for me what was important was the you know the claim and the counter claims regarding the match fixing allegation so before i go any further let me just highlight what really happened on the 18th of march because this has been the core of the entire controversy this has been at the heart of it what happened was on the 18th of march there was this asian qualifier which was a asian olympic qualifier now in this particular tournament this was the last of the tournaments of from where the players could qualify from the asian zone asian asian continent now since as we all know that asia is divided into a few more regions that is you have the central asia you have the south asia thing and then the southeast asia and so on so each of these i mean players from these regions were made to play amongst themselves it so it so happened that manika batra and sutirtha were the only two players from this region so it was clear that the match between them whosoever wins the winner of their match will take the south asian spot that was very clear the second part of the qualifying norms that that, that happens to be that all the losers from these different regions after they have lost they don't have any more matches to play 
there was still one spot available. Now, that one spot would go to the highest ranked players, player among all the losers. Since Manika Batra was the highest ranked player among all the losers there, she was, in fact, actually second. There was a Thai girl who was ranked 40th. Manika is, uh, was ranked 62nd. So that girl had to qualify. And somehow, I mean, it was, it, was, it, it was quite certain that that 40th ranked girl from Thailand would qualify based on ranking, irrespective of what happened to her here, because she was still very, very high ranked player. But among all the losers, it was quite clear that Manika would take that loser's spot. So once this became clear, there was a match between these two. Sutirta, Sutirta is a student of the coach, uh, Swamidev Roy. Now, throughout the hearing, right from September till February, uh, Swamidev Roy was referred to by the court as the national coach. Now, there is, this is factually incorrect because national coach is, is Manjit Dua. He's a chief national coach. Table tennis doesn't have a national coach. They have a chief national coach. That is a nomenclature. I don't know why either party, whether, I mean, I mean, the TTFI should have, should have contested that and said, look, Somidip Roy is a coach who has accompanied the national team on a few occasions. And he happened to be there for the Olympic qualifiers as well. And also for the Tokyo Olympics. In between, there are a lot of other players or former players who go as coaches just to accompany the team. They are not national coaches. But the court has maintained that Somidip Roy is a national coach. Anyway, this particular thing, you know, it just... Uh, Kind of, uh, you know, it reached a point where it just blew over. And uh, uh, Manika Batra kept maintaining on the eve of the match, Somidip Roy came to my house, my room with Sutirta. And he tried to convince me that if I lose the match, I was going to get the second spot for being the highest ranked player in any case. And then what she did, she has recorded all the conversation. Now, this is where the court should have asked her, why did you do it in the first place? Because the whole idea is, Maybe you, you wanted to record everything. She recorded uh, a physical, uh, an offline conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what she says that, look, I have recorded the conversation between when he came to my room and she has produced that to the court. She also spoke to the, uh, uh, to the person uh, who is, uh, I mean, his name is MP Singh, former secretary of the TTFI. She was in constant touch with the secretary, a former secretary MP Singh. And that conversation also shows that both are trying to figure out whether it's a foolproof arrangement that if she drops the match, she'll still be part of the Indian contingent for the Tokyo Games. All this is quite evident because all these are recorded and produced before the court. Because the WhatsApp text messages uh, are all part of the evidence. Uh, that's all there in the, you know, like order given by the court. So... What I'm trying to, you know, understand is why did Manika in the first place, as early as March, started keeping, I mean, she she's recorded conversations. I mean, I mean, this conversation is not a video recording, obviously, but her phone was on. So she has recorded and the transcript was produced in the court. So that means a person who is recording a conversation will obviously be very safe. The person knows that, okay, tomorrow if I ever to, I mean, if I'm required to use the same as an, as an evidence. I, you know, like I can't afford to look on the wrong side. So the whole conversation, if you if you hear or you read the transcript, it's pretty clear that Manika is very consciously, very careful about what she's saying. And Somidhi Proy just talks about, uh, you know, how important it is uh, so that instead of one qualifier, India will have two and it's good for the game, good for the sponsor and blah, blah, blah stuff. Now, she says that she was under pressure. Now, if you look at the conversation, it doesn't seem that he's putting any pressure on her, but it was it was taken by the court as yes, this is this she is very clear that she's under pressure. 
now she goes ahead loses the match and says i i didn't drop the match i didn't i didn't i didn't underperform but i was under so much pressure that i couldn't play this was also taken by the court now the the fact that this entire thing if you read the report it is quite clear that manika's prayers i mean the entire judgment reads as though it is seen from the eyes of manika batra and of course ttfi has done a number of things which which are not appropriate which which is quite apparent but uh, does it uh, require the the court to to suspend an elected uh, elected body of representatives that can always be debated but the fact is today as things stand ttfi stands suspended in the year where you have the asian games you have the commonwealth games and so much more right so uh, the key issue here uh, on the basis of which uh, the court uh, seems to have taken the decision to suspend is the fact that ttfi had uh, had a coach i mean you you had some issues with the nomenclature whether he is a national coach or one of the coaches who are just been roped in to serve as a national coach but apart from the nomenclature aspect if he was actually serving in the role of someone uh, who uh, in the role in the role of someone who's like a national coach and if there is a conflict of interest involved because he's got a private academy and his own ward and he's trying to promote uh, an opening for his own ward uh, to be in the olympics now isn't that conflict of interest it is it, it is a serious uh, case of conflict of interest but then uh, you know uh, somidip roy is not the first one and i'm sure he won't be the last one let's just take one example i can i can give you more but let just let me give you one example that should clear everything if this is seen as a serious conflict of interest then just look at one simple fact that gopichand the chief national coach of table of badminton association of india he is he was appointed coach in 2006 he re, he remains the chief national coach even to this day that means more than 12 years or around 12 years during this time he has been the secretary of the telangana association he has been part of the selection committee obviously since he is the coach he's got so many of his trainees who are in contention for a place in the indian team nobody has ever raised that point i mean the government is not aware of it he is part of the sai he is part of the top scheme he is part of some of the private initiatives around this country uh, uh, you know uh, which are which are promoting sportsmen on their own they don't take a rupee from the government of india but they are there to support so all these things are happening so somidip roy is not the only one tomorrow if this becomes a major issue if the i mean the the observations made by the court that this should end then i think gopichand will be the first person to lose his job as a chief national coach or he'll be asked to choose whether you want to continue as a coach or you want to uh, continue with your academy so this can happen so this is not the first case as a sampath i'm saying when the court gives this thing it is fine i can see that because this conflict of interest people have spoken about it for years jwala one of the badminton superstars of this country she has pointed this out repeatedly she said how can you allow the chief coach to have his own academy and not just that the government has gone ahead and uh, treated his academy as the as the uh, as a national academy if somebody had to really uh, you know go by what the observations of this court is which says this should end then we should look a little deeper into a lot of other games whether it's team events or individual events and see whether such a case exists and if it does exist and going by the observation of the court and giving all respect to the observations made there i think the player should be asked to say okay either you accompany the team or you stay with the federation as the chief national coach or you run your academy you can't have both 
Right. I mean, you you were saying uh, uh, about the court's observation for the benefit of our listeners. Let me just read out what the court actually said in its order. It says, "I quote: I earnestly hope that this order will act as a waking call for the government and all other sports federations to take corrective action in this regard." Unquote. So it's 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 basically saying what you you were referring to when you spoke about Gopitya and then the badminton uh, federation. So isn't that a good thing? I mean, if if this is the action which the court has taken with regard to the table tennis federation, where you have somebody in the in the role of a national coach running his own private academy and it has called out the conflict of interest, then shouldn't the same thing uh, be happening in other federations as well? And if it happens, isn't that a good thing? Something we should welcome. Doesn't matter if it's been going on for too long, but at least we are making a start here, isn't it? I am in complete agreement with that. I support that line. I'm I'm completely with the Delhi High Court order. that if they i mean if the court could see that uh, you know that there is a clear case of conflict of interest here i mean this is a this is a violation of a certain fair play norms because the coach will obviously would like to promote his or her ward and that should they should put an end to it but in this case since it has come to the surface here i'm so i'm so happy that at least now people at some point will start talking about it this has gone on for far too long whether it's table tennis whether it's badminton and a lot of other individual games but the argument just to play the devil's advocate here if if you if you look at the arguments forwarded by some of these coaches who run their own academies and went were also part of the of the national sports federations what they say is what else do you expect us to do we have we have to make a living so for that we we have become coaches now the moment the federation offers us a seat of being i mean you know that position of being the coach i mean a national coach or a chief national coach what do you expect us to do do we get enough from these federations to run our household the answer is no so opening an academy running an academy is these days in a lot of sports uh, including uh, you know a low profile sport like chess it is i mean you are raking in the mula so what for them a lot of players would say I don't want to be the coach I'll, I'd rather run my academy I don't want to be a national coach and one example was RB Ramesh who is India's decorated chess coach undoubtedly India's best coach he is no longer with the All India Chess Federation he has gone back to running his own private academy because he says that I was losing a lot for being part of the team but I would love to be part of the team but then I I wasn't compensated enough so I I I just had to get back So how does this work in other countries like in uh, table tennis is played in other countries as well and there are federations in other countries how are they uh, dealing with this uh, issue uh sampath in most of the countries the national coach is looked after looked after very well i mean it is not it is not the kind of money that we are looking at here some people would even argue that it is it is fine you know that after after his playing days a player has become a coach and he has every right to secure his future or to you know ensure that uh, he makes enough so see because he can't be coaching all his life he'll become old at some point and he won't be able to he can only share the share the you know wisdom knowledge whatever that he has acquired over the years but he can't actually go on to the court and exhibit or to or to show how a certain thing is done so what they say is that it is okay if he if he's making making a good you know like living out of these academy but your question was whether overseas the same thing happens overseas as far as i know a lot of these coaches who are uh, who are part of the national team or they are part of an individual as a private or a personal coach they make enough so they have never complained about money 
yeah so it makes sense isn't it i don't i don't see it as a very uh, a very difficult problem to solve in mean, not everybody who's a great coach has uh, his or her own academy right i mean if you if you just have a stipulation saying anybody who will be the who will be appointed or who is applying to be the national coach cannot be someone who has his own uh, private academy and and then even those who are running private academies i mean i mean i doubt how many how many of them actually spend hours on the court i mean they are more in the managerial capacity and they they may not be required to be on the court all the time so i mean it, it's not such a difficult problem to solve isn't it it is not it is not but then but then you know every individual have will have his own uh, you know priorities that how much money he wants to make annually from his academy and then of course there's a headache also i mean he has to ensure that he's paying everybody and then if and if something like the pandemic or something happens where the children are not coming the wards are not coming he still has to pay salaries to his coaches his staff and the overheads involved to whatever extent so all these things are bound to be there but that choice has to be left to the player or the coach uh, you know whether he wants to be part of the of the national sports federation or or he should be you know focusing on what he has been doing earlier so this argument has been going on for a bit but then uh, in this particular case uh somidi proy has his academy sudirta is a student all these are facts and also uh the court saw that uh, he was in a position to influence manika batra to a certain extent and uh, that is why this entire thing has come up right also going back to the other aspect here i mean w- w- what is this whole thing about you i mean manika batra is a top rank indian player so what why is this insistence that you have to be in this camp or if you don't attend this camp you can't play I mean, isn't that a bit too much to expect this kind of uh, subservience? No, you know what happens. Uh, you know, these are rules for everybody. Rules cannot be. You can't say if you are a top rank player, you are not. I mean, you know, you are exempted from that. Nowhere the rule book of any of the federations say that. Yeah, but you can have these rules for. Let's say you can have these rules for team events, right? You you have uniformity across the team. But where it's an individual sport like tennis or table tennis, for example, I mean, is it necessary these kinds of rules? see this is this is to ensure that the team stays together before it leaves for a major tournament that's is how the intention was this this was this was mentioned by the sports authority of india which funds all the all the national camps they said look we need players see if you if you make it you know very arbitrary and you say okay if you wish to attend this you can attend or if you are if you are training with your personal coach you can do that if you put it in black and white trust me 90% of the players won't turn up for the national camp because they are happy wherever they are and they'll say okay we'll report the moment you want us to report on the eve of the departure of the team we will come to delhi bombay wherever from wherever the team is supposed to leave we'll reach there the national camp will be a disaster that is why they say that whether it's an individual sport or the thing sai has given it in it even the sports uh, sports code it is there but the fact is the rules are all there but are they taken seriously are they applied uniformly that is the question that we should ask if you if you can pick that rule as and when you feel like and you say look look our our rule book says that you have to come and suddenly you say oh so you are showing me that rule book because you want to harass me now that is what has happened the rules were there it was flexible people never took it that seriously a lot of people came to the camp a few people sometimes they came for the full duration of the camp sometimes they missed a few days but more or less it was respected but the consistency with which manika batra refused to attend the camp because see it's quite clear that in indian sports i don't know if it happens overseas some some people are you know bigger than the game bigger than the rule bigger than everything the norms and 
I'm, I'm sorry to say that in table tennis, it's quite clear that the kind of privileges that Manika Batra enjoys after what she has done in 2018. She has done nothing from 2019, 2021, and now we are in 22. She has drawn a blank. But if you look at that, it looks, you know, we are still, remind, you know, whether it is the government, whether it's a ministry, whether it's a Table Tennis Federation of India, they still haven't got over the fact that in 2018, she performed so well. What is her current form? In doubles, she has done well with Satyan. And of course, she, she has remained there 60-50 and she has now broken back into the top 50. She's 50th at the moment. But then, is this what we are looking at? I mean, I mean, she has remained there and, and she gets privileges which very few players get. Such as what kind of privileges? I mean, I can just go on. I mean, the kind of support that she enjoys from the big bees. I mean, it is like, I, I don't think anybody's career. I mean, I can't elaborate here, but let me just make, make just one remark here. Uh, a lot of people who follow the game would understand that it was just this cabinet reshuffle, for example. A, a cabinet reshuffle, how can it have a positive impact or a negative impact on a player? It sounds absurd, isn't it? It really sounds absurd because, no, I mean, a common follower cannot even connect the two. But in the case of Manika Batra, it has happened. In Manika Batra's case, without elaborating, I'll just stop here, that the truth is maybe at some point in time, uh, uh, people, uh, when, when, when they're free to comment on this, uh, they, will, they will say yes. Uh, what was said in this podcast and this particular comment, it, it, it is actually correct. But the fact of the matter is, I can't substantiate it anymore. Uh, uh, but the fact is that there are people who support her. Uh, uh, you know, it is like when she, she, she and Sharad Kamal, they qualified together for mixed doubles for the Olympic Games. And there is a certain powerful person who, who is, who's very active on social uh, media uh, congratulates Manika Batra for qualifying in mixed doubles and forgets Sharat Kamal. And Sharat Kamal, uh, in a private conversation, also said, "What? I mean, I haven't committed a crime. I mean, he he could have also, you know, congratulated me because together we qualified." Now things go up to that extent, and players are not happy. Let me also tell you, we are talking about the federation. What about the players' fraternity? The players, the table tennis players of this country, they are most unhappy with what has the the special treatment or the kind of thing that Manika gets away with it. Because she's a top-ranked player, it's okay. But she refuses to play most of the national tournaments, even when she's available. She, she, she says, I want my personal coach. I want to go with him. And a lot of things have happened. I mean, I mean, this particular podcast doesn't allow us to go too deep into it. But the fact of the matter is, let me also just put it in very simple terms. She's not a holy cow of uh, Indian table tennis. There's a lot of things that will come out in due course. But at this point in time, since she's a top-ranked player, and she has now become the heroine of Indian TT because it was because of her petition that TTFI uh, has been sacked. Uh, there were a lot of other reasons uh, for any federation to be sacked or to be suspended. I mean, I mean, they haven't been sacked uh, in that sense. But yes, they've been suspended indefinitely. Now, it will be very difficult for the, uh, the COA, the Committee of Administrators, who know nothing about sports administration as far as I know. Yeah, so you were saying that a lot of players were unhappy with the way TTFA was running the show and the way uh, the kinds of privileges uh, one particular player was enjoying. Now, speaking about the interests of the players, now how does this suspension uh, affect them going forward? I mean, there are some tournaments coming up. So, will they be able to participate in them? Will they? Uh, will things uh, work uh, smoothly for them? Sambat, as we speak, after we did that story uh, quoting uh, Sharad Kamal, uh, things have really moved. Uh, 
the uh, one of the members of the of the committee of administrators he has taken the taken the initiative he he actually uh, informed the court as well as this thing that uh, you know we are letting ttfi send these entries because the last date happened to be february 15th and the coa hasn't officially taken over so they're saying till we take over you please push all the entries well within time so that the players don't suffer i think that was a good move because the ttfi wasn't sure because they were all suspended they didn't know whether to act or not because they were under the court order not to act so uh, it was it was it was very uh, you know thoughtful of the coa uh, to say okay uh, uh, before we take over officially uh, you guys at least send the entries so that has been taken care of for the entry, for the events taking place in march but what next we, we still have 9 months after that i mean this year i'm saying and we don't know till what time coa is going to continue uh it's going to take uh, stock of the situation that whether the ttfi people have fallen in line or whether they are behaving well and all because because these suspended officials ironically are the ones who are supposed to help the coa now this again a lot of people from the table tennis federation and others and the fraternity the players ex players included they all were saying we don't understand this order because one you suspend these people saying that you are not competent to continue because you 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 haven't fulfilled your responsibilities now the same irresponsible people are asked to support the committee of Admi- administrators to help smooth functioning of the ttfi so effectively it will be the same people doing it but somebody keeping an eye over them so we don't have fresh set of uh, people who who are, who are going to function in a way which is any different than what we have seen before the suspension right uh, we are we are running out of time rakesh so one final question uh, before we wind up so this committee of administrators is sort of uh, keeping an eye on the same set of officials who are, who have been running the show as you said so uh, how long is this interim arrangement uh, expected to continue and when it ends uh, whenever it does uh will there be uh, a federation with a new management or a new charter like what does it look like uh sampad it's very difficult to say that we are expect we can you know i mean uh, we expect new set of people to emerge but from where these are the same set of office bearers who who are in the districts in states and at the national level the same people will continue to be there that's why the court said look i am not i am not dismissing this ttfi i mean these office bearers of the ttfi i am only suspending you because their tenure is from 20 i mean this particular set of office bearers their tenure ends in 2024 so they will be around i don't know whether they will be i mean they will be able to put their heart and soul into it but the fact is that yes they'll they'll be watched uh and the main function of the coa is to ensure that the players interests uh, are kept uh, you know above everything else but this also happens to be the year of the commonwealth games and the asian games and we have done pretty well in the commonwealth games if you look at the 2018 edition uh that was our best up performance uh and uh, also the asian games so these two big games are there 2022 for all sports or olympic sports it's a huge year now for you to be functioning without the governing body or the officials of that and uh, i think it will be difficult players have every reason to feel a little apprehensive going forward uh, but yes let's hope that uh, we have three uh, you know uh, like minded people who are looking at the interest of the players looking at the whole uh, you know even the administration i mean uh, i mean it's not that every single uh, you know uh, official is bad there are people who give their very best they give their heart and soul into it but uh, i think i think uh, this is definitely a setback Uh, to start with 
and i just hope that uh, you know that uh, that that with time this this set of coa they i mean i mean i mean the members of the coa get the hang of things and they ensure and they show the way and uh, then they hand over charge to the suspended people and then of course they'll have to report to the court saying that okay now we see that time has come for the suspension to be removed and these people can now take over and with a warning and all i think they are going to come back but for how long and i think in the interim if if we if we see the end of uh, commonwealth games and asian games then of course that's a huge loss because it's not the same uh, you know uh, without the federation doing its job right in the year of uh, the commonwealth games and the asian games something like this to sort of come up is not uh, really uh, ideal one would have to say that but at the same time i think uh, in a way uh, it's not a bad thing that issues uh, important issues such as conflict of interest in the way coaches uh, are appointed and function and also uh, as you pointed out the differential treatment meted out to certain stars in a particular sport vis-a-vis other players who are also you know equally important participants of that sport these are i think important issues that this entire controversy has thrown up i completely agree with you yeah. yes and uh, yeah, thank you so much rakesh for sharing your comments and thoughts and and, and a lot of when you hinted at a lot of many other things which are going on Uh, below the surface which we could not get into uh, in a podcast medium but we shall talk about them uh, later on in an appropriate platform thank you so much pleasure talking to you and thanks uh, sampath for giving me this opportunity to speak on this subject because i i because i'm i'm quite certain that most of the people who follow sports they are actually i think tuned to think that national sports federations per se are nothing but a bunch of groups that is not always true you know i mean administration is quite different than uh, those who i mean uh, you know playing the sport is different so this particular thing of you know bringing the sportsmen in we have heard it for years i think i think the best of sportsmen cannot be the best of administrators at the same time so so for me it is it is great that uh, you know the court has pointed out at certain areas which need our attention i just hope that uh, the needful is done right that is a very good uh, point rakesh i mean it is true that there is a stereotype uh, a very uh, wide stereotype that administrators in the sport uh, domain are crooks but not that's not necessarily the case in every instance and yes uh, we do need to take a more uh, nuanced view of this entire situation thank you so much thanks thanks in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.